Welcome to this special Halloween episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Thursday, October the 31st, Halloween 2019. My name is Joey Mills. I'm one of the hosts of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, and we have an extra spooky lineup for you today. First up, we are talking with actor, screenwriter, and now comic book writer David Dasmalchen about his new comic, Count Crowley, Reluctant Monster Hunter. The first issue is out right now at your local comic shop. Then we talk with Rich Coves, better known to horror fans as Sven Gulli, and producer Jim Roach. 2019 marks Rich's 40th anniversary as Sven Gulli, and it is a thrill to talk with and celebrate their legacy with them this Halloween as part of their milestone year. Finally, the rest of the Pop Goes the Culture crew and I assemble at the Alamo Drafthouse in Springfield, Missouri, the home of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, for a fun game we call Trick or Treat, and we need your help at the end to select the winning team. All that and more for you on this Halloween edition of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast right after this. It's that most wonderful time of the year again. That's right, Geekmas is coming. Fanatics of the Fan presents Geekmas, Springfield's one-of-a-kind geek Christmas event on Saturday, December 7th at the Creamery Arts Center in downtown Springfield, Missouri. There'll be gaming, movies, cosplay, photo ops, panel programming, and vendors with just what you need to pick up a gift for that hard-to-shop-for geek in your life. That's Saturday, December 7th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. For more information, go to Facebook and search Geekmas 2019. Feels a little weird to be pitching a Christmas event on Halloween, right? Uh, no more weird, I guess, than seeing the Brock's fall mix of candy corn and candy pumpkins showing up in stores in August. While you're out and about grabbing candy for all the little ghouls and goblins tonight, be sure to swing by your local comic book shop and ask for a copy of Count Crowley, Reluctant Monster Hunter, number one. The book is by Kansas City native David Dasmalchen, who has starred in a number of comics-related projects over the years, including The Dark Knight, Marvel's Ant-Man films, and The Flash over on the CW, and much more. Count Crowley marks David's debut as a comic book writer, and we had a chance to talk with him about the experience. All right, we are joined on the line today by a man who, through no fault of his own, grew up on the wrong side of the Missouri-Kansas border and then moved to the wrong side of the Missouri-Illinois state line to pursue a career in acting. We are speaking, of course, with David Desmalchian. Thank you for joining us this morning. How are you? <laughs> hey, man. You don't want to got that backwards, but that's okay. I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, we won't hold your Missouri uh, adversion against you this morning. Uh, the reason we are talking today is because you have a new comic book at Dark Horse. Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter Number 1 is out just in time for Halloween. Talk to us a little bit about how the idea for this uh, series started and how it all came together. Awesome. Yes. So speaking of Kansas City, actually, uh, I grew up uh, on the Kansas side, but... Um, I, I, I was collecting comics at a place called Clint's Comics, uh, and I was obsessed with, uh, soon became obsessed, first started off with just superhero books only, exclusively was collecting Avengers, then JLA, and then I got into the West Coast Avengers, which was my favorite as a kid, um, but I discovered the magic of horror comics, and I also discovered the magic of horror movies, thanks to our local late night creature feature host on Friday nights was a show called cremaceous Friday nightmare. And I used to um, sneak downstairs in my parents' house and watch it every night, every Friday night. And 
basically just became so enamored with um, with classic horror, and then through that, the the, the mythology of, of monsters, and um, and and you know what happened? I I I just I had this idea that there would be such a cool cover, such a cool alter ego for if there was a monster hunter um, and they were, they were hosting, you know, the creature feature. Um, well, that idea is, is cool and neat. And I think it would be really fun visually to play with, but I didn't really have anything deeper than that. And then I grew up and I entered a world where I came to believe that monsters in however you choose to describe what a monster is are real, that there's good monsters, there's bad monsters. I myself have battled, um, a lot of demons, including my own struggle with addiction and my battles with depression. And so I started to really figure out a story that was deeper, um, that made sense to me that, that there was a, there was a mythology I wanted to create around a battle for a hero. And, um, and so I, I, I came up with this character, Jerry Bartman, who is battling addiction as well as depression, as well as a lot of shame. And she wants to be a real legitimate newscaster, she ends up, you know, relegated to being the horror host uh, for the local creature feature because her brother manages the station. It's the only job she can get because her boozing is so bad. And it turns out the guy she replaced was one of the last appointed monster hunters. And and another thing that happened in recent years was this whole concept of fake news and what do you believe, what's real. So I thought it would be really cool if all the mythology that you and I and all of you know, everyone out there have been fed about monsters. It has basically been a lie. It's all been fake. So monsters have, have been able to really control the way that, that the mythology around uh, monsters is, is, is shared with humanity. So silver bullets won't stop werewolves, stakes won't stop vampires. Um, and I want the monsters to look, move, and feel the way we think classic monsters do, except everything we know about them will come to learn is a lie. Very cool. And how did this come together as a project with Dark Horse behind and being the publisher as well? I'm so lucky, man. You know, I, I've been a huge Dark Horse fan for, for many years. I've always loved um, what they've done. Their voice is so important, and in, especially with independent artists. And I, um, the first Dark Horse series that I collected really seriously was with BPRD and Hellboy stuff, and then I just branched out from there. And um, so I didn't imagine Count Crowley, even though I've been collecting comics since seriously since I was 12, basically my whole life, I've been collecting comics for years and I've worked very fortunately as an actor in many comic book properties. I never imagined that I would get the chance to actually write and create my own comic book. But for Count Crowley, the idea that I had, I thought would make an awesome TV series because I've got years and years of plots and places that I want this to go and stories that I want to tell and monsters that I want Jerry to have to confront. Um, so I was talking to Peter Lenkoff, who is a uh, incredibly successful and amazing um, creator who has done all the, the TV reboots that are popular on television right now, as well as uh, movies. And he is a big comic book guy and a big horror guy. I was telling him about this idea, seeing if he could help me figure out how I could pitch it as a TV show. And he just loved the idea, man. It was the coolest, craziest thing. It was like having a conversation with the, with somebody who's like a master in their field and you're asking them for advice. And instead of giving you advice, they tell you that they want to help actually make the thing. And he said that he thought Mike Richardson at Dark Horse would really dig this idea. So he took it to Mike and then I got to sit down and meet with Dark Horse folks. I had no idea I was going to get to write a comic book and, um, 
and they told me that they, they really loved the idea and they wanted to give it a shot. And, uh, and they got on board, uh, over a year ago and we started, um, I started learning how to write scripts. I've been writing film scripts for, for a number of years now, and I've never written a comic book script. And I had to really learn, um, even though I've been reading comics for 32 years, I, I never knew how to, um, I never knew how to actually write a comic book script. So I had to, um, you know, start from the ground up. And uh, it's been one of the, it's been the most rewarding creative experience of my life so far. I, I can say that. And I've had some incredibly rewarding creative experiences as a writer, as an actor. This has been the most, um, I've never, it's, it's all of my dreams happening and it's incredible. Well, I know you've been on the Comic-Con circuit for a few years now. Uh, you've been a celebrity guest, but now you are a creator as well. How much are you looking forward to that first person who shows up at your table with a copy of your comic for you to sign? Dude, it's everything to me. I hate I hate sitting at a table with headshots, and I just stopped doing it. I did it a couple times, and as nice as it was to meet people, it just wasn't it it was so hard for me because it's hard. It, it just, it, 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 I don't know. I always, I always would. I, I like to go to comic cons as a, as, as, as a, as a patron, not as the guest of the, sh of the show. I like to go shop for comics. I like to look for the vintage toys I collect. I like to try and meet people. Cause there's all these indie artists that are trying to, you know, introduce their work to the world. That's why I like to go to conventions. And so I was really struggling with, now that I'm a professional actor who's worked on, you know, some really awesome properties, like, okay, how do I make this work uh, and still be able to enjoy the comic? So now that I have this comic book, I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm going to get to go sit down with my comic. People can come up and I'll talk. I want to talk about comics for days. So I'm freaking out. And in fact, I even, um, I created my own horror host character many years ago, but now um, he's, He's he's on video, uh, Doctor Fearless, and I'm hoping that Doctor Fearless will be able to uh, make some appearances. At I want to go to conventions, I want to go to haunted houses, I want to go to um, you know horror film fests and comic book fests uh, around the world and talk about Count Crowley. Thanks to David for making time to talk to us about Count Crowley. If you're in the Midwest, be sure to catch David out and about at a comic book signing. David's going to be at Clint Comics in Kansas City on Saturday, November the 2nd. That's this Saturday, where some of the Pop Goes the Culture crew and I will be visiting with him. Uh, he'll be at Chops Comics in Lawrence, Kansas, later that same day, Saturday the 2nd of November. And then in Chicago on Sunday, November the 3rd, at Graham Crackers Comics Lakeview. And then later in the day, that same Sunday, at Graham Crackers Comics downtown. From a guy writing a comic about horror movie hosting to the best in the genre, our next interview is with Rich Coase, better known to fans as Sven Gulli, and producer Jim Roach. 2019 marks Rich's 40th anniversary as Sven Gulli, first as the son of Sven Gulli, starting back in 1979, to taking over the role full-time from the original Sven Gulli, Jerry Bishop, in 1995. We spend some time talking about the character's history, Pull back the curtain a little bit, talk about the show's production, and much, much more. Enjoy our discussion with Rich and Jim. I am joined on the line today by a couple of folks that I know horror fans are familiar with. Rich Coase, better known to horror fans as Fingooly and longtime uh, producer Jim Roach. Thank you, gentlemen. I know this is a busy time of year for you guys, uh, so thanks uh, for taking the time to talk with us today. 
Oh, we had to. Besides, we brought our trick or treat bags with, so we're expecting something. <laughs> yeah, don't well, call us gentlemen either. <laughs> it'll. I don't know if it'll be a trick or a treat. We'll find out when this is over, and you guys can uh, make the judgment call on that. Uh, 2019 marks your 40th anniversary as part of the Svengulli legacy that goes all the way back to the 1960s. Uh, Rich, if you would, tell us a little bit about how you went from being a fan of the original uh, Svengulli and Screaming Yellow Theater to being a writer to eventually landing the gig originally as the son of Svengulli in 1979. Sure. Uh, it was actually in 1970 that Jerry G. Bishop, the original Svengulli, uh, was the staff announcer at WFLD in Chicago, and he just happened to be assigned to Friday nights when they were running horror movies. And he would do, this was back when TV stations actually had live uh, announcers on duty all the time, and he would do the, the little bumps going back into the movies and coming out of them. And he started to just goof around, and being a radio guy, he started to do shtick and created the character of Sven Gulli first just as audio, but then eventually it, it was done with slides with pictures of him along with an audio track. And then it became a full-fledged video show. Now, I was a fan of Jerry's because I, I was a big fan of his radio work, and I enjoyed what he was doing on TV. And when he started uh, just, you know, having things that he would read that fans had sent in, I started to send him some jokes and material, and he liked it, and he found out that I was a broadcast student, and he invited me to come down to the station for some tapings, and it eventually worked into me working with him on the show and doing voices and writing. And uh, when the show was canceled, uh, we were going to work together in radio. And uh, I was kind of like a sidekick, and I was 80% of the people he interviewed on the air as different <laughs> characters. Right. And during that time, during that time, uh, a friend of his at a different TV station said, would you want to do Sven Gulli just like as a summer replacement show just for fun? And Jerry said, well, I don't know if I want to get all dressed up in that stuff and everything, but he said to me, you could be son of Sven Gulli. He had the confidence in me that I could, you know, make the character, and he was willing to do that. And he said, you know, you can be the character and write it, and I'll, and I'll produce it. And we had a lot of false starts on that. Nothing ever came of it. And eventually, Jerry got a job doing a morning TV show in San Diego, and when he was leaving town, he said to me, so what are you going to do now? And I said, well, maybe I'll try to, you know, pitch some local station on, on a TV show. And he said, I tell you what, if you want to try to get the Son of Sanguli thing going, you have my blessing. So he very generously just said, you know, go ahead and run with it. And after uh, some more false starts, talking to different stations, and finally getting back on the station that he was on, WFLB, in uh, June of 1979, I went on the air as Son of Sanguli. Well, talk to us a little bit about that early time, that early partnership that you had with Jerry. How did that inform the way that you would kind of run the show when you took over the role uh, fully in 1979? Well, I, I really appreciated Jerry's sense of humor, and it's very similar to mine. And, you know, I really learned a lot just watching him and the way that he put the show together. And uh, the thing was, uh, I think both mine and Jerry, as far as it goes, the character is actually just a little more amplified version of our regular personalities. And I noted that when Jerry was doing it, and that impressed me that, you know, that's a good way to go with it because it seems to me that you bring more of yourself to it in that way, and, and it worked out pretty well. Um, you know, I already was learning about uh, TV production and radio production, so I knew that. And when I came in, I basically took the basics of the things that Jerry did and, you know, layered on things 
uh, from my own personality, things that I could do that he couldn't do, and there were things that he could do that I couldn't do. So I just adapted things to, to what was within my grasp, and, uh, you know, it was just, again, the whole amplification of what I already knew and, and the person that I am. Yeah, very good. Things changed on the whole television, the broadcast landscape in the 80s. And for a time, almost a decade, uh, Svengulli was off the air. Son of Svengulli was taken off the air in 86, remained off the air for almost nine years before it was simply resurrected as Svengulli with you in the title role. Talk to us a little bit about that time when there wasn't Svengulli on the air. Did you feel at any point like the role and the gimmick had run its course, or did you believe there was still life left in the idea? No, actually, I, I did feel like there was, there was uh, actually demand for it, because during that time period when I didn't have a regularly scheduled Svengulli TV show, I was still being asked to do appearances in media and you know public appearances, as the son of Swinguli. Right. So I knew that people had interest in it. And during that time, even though I, I did uh, shows as myself on the local Fox station here, and I did different radio, um, I'd run into people every week who would recognize me and say, are you ever going to do the Swinguli thing again? Because I really liked it. And uh, when it came time in 1995, when uh, they were first starting WCIU here in Chicago as an independent station, and Neil Saban, the man who would eventually create MeTV, hired me for that. He asked, you know, would you mind doing the Svengulli character again? And it just seemed to me that since it meant so much to people that they were always asking about it and they liked it, that there was no way I could say no. And when we started here again locally in 1995 on the main station here at Weigel Broadcasting, WCIU, and then uh, in 2011... Uh, MeTV got started, and Neil said, you know, I want to put you on our network, and we went nationwide, and uh, it's, it's amazing to me. We've been accepted all over the country by people, and they seem to enjoy the show, and uh, I, I couldn't be happier. Well, let's talk a little bit about that transition to the nationwide audience through MeTV. How did that expansion change your experience? Did it change the show at all? Uh, it certainly feels like, from the outside looking in, it kind of changed the landscape for the genre because it feels like, about that time, it put Svengulli back at the leading edge of this recent resurgence we've had in the whole horror-hosting genre. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, we had to obviously make some changes. We, we eliminated a lot of local references that we used to have in the show, because as a local show, you know, we would play off all sorts of like local commercials and, uh, you know, some of the, mentioned some of the different people who are newscasters, things like that. Uh, the, the one carryover that's still there is Berwyn, right. the uh, local uh, town here that uh, the original Spindley always kind of joked about. And, you know, now everybody all over the nation knows about Berwyn, which is very <laughs> cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we, but basically it's, it's the same show. We do the same kind of stuff and the same kind of shtick. And you're very right. It seems like since we've been successful, uh, some other stations in different markets have decided, hey, we could do this ourselves. And they've actually hired on people to do their own local horror hosting. So it keeps the genre pretty fresh and, uh, has new people coming in to do it. And, uh, I think that that's good for all of us, really. Oh, give us a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, and this is for you and Jim as well. What does production process look like as you're putting together another year or another season of Svengulli? <clears throat> There's a lot of uh, bull whips and thumbscrews. 
And that's actually, behind the camera? Yeah. or? <laughs> oh, that's definitely behind the camera. But no, a- actually, um, it's kind of different than people might think. Yes, we're a big network and we've got, we're all over the place, but it's really just a handful of us putting the show together. Um, and the, the process is, is you know, kind of dictated by that. Um, Rich here writes everything um, and, and calls all the shots and, and cuts up the movies and everything. Um, but when it comes to the actual uh, shooting, you know, it's not a 50-person crew or cast. It's, it's uh, Rich, uh, myself, uh, Chris Faulkner, who's our director and camera person and uh, main editor, who, as I always say, does all the heavy lifting. Um, and he, he's really the workhorse behind a lot of this. Um, we have uh, Chaz in audio, as if you've heard, hit the theme for us, Chaz. Right. And then they toss us in as a bonus, a teleprompter operator and a floor director to keep time. Um, so that's like five or six people doing a network show. Um, and, and we, you know, have about four, three or four days every month to shoot. And sometimes we're working on one or two movies, but sometimes up to as many as four, depending on the schedule. As we mentioned, 2019 is your 40th anniversary with the character. As part of the year-long celebra- celebration, uh, Svengulli appears in DC Comics throughout the month of October. Longtime fans and followers on social media know that you're a big comic book fan, Rich. Tell us a little bit about how this project came together. Is it something that Dan or some of the folks at DC approached you with? Is it an idea that you had? And tell us a little bit about what it means to you to have this character cross over into DC Comics. Well, yeah, basically the, the idea came from Dan DiDio, the uh, publisher of DC Comics. It turned out a couple of years ago I was doing the Chicago C2E2 Comics and Entertainment Convention, and he was waiting in line with the other people to meet me just because he was a fan. And uh, once I realized who he was, I was, I was pretty flattered by that. And we talked about a bunch of things. He said, you know, we really should do something together. And that led to me being in Mad Magazine, they did a really nice satire of our show in that. And then he kept saying, you know, we, we should do some more things. And I was all for it. And he came up with an outline for this story, Svengulli Meets the DC Universe, in which Sven would be facing a terrible menace, and the only way to defeat it would be to call upon the Justice League, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, uh, Green Lantern, etc., to, to help to battle it. And... Uh, he worked out the outline. We added some dialogue to it and a few plot twists. And uh, it, it's really, I'm very impressed by it. And actually, the actual chapters started yesterday, October 30th. And for the next four weeks, there'll be chapters in every DC book. And uh, the, the artwork is by Christopher Jones, a terrific artist, and he did such a great job on it. I'm always kind of left with my jaw hanging when I see how well he caught a lot of my expressions and even like the way that I stand certain times. So, right. Uh, and, and it means a lot to me because, you know, I started reading comics when I was about nine or 10 years old. And the first superheroes I loved were the DC comic superheroes, especially Superman and Batman. And uh, to actually be in the books with them now is pretty much a dream come true. You have had any number of famous friends and fans who become friends appear on the show. Are there any that stand out to you as being particularly special or meaningful? What stories can you share with our listeners? Well, one person that that I'm always impressed by that is a fan of the show is Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. Uh, Gilbert, every time he comes into town to do stand-up, even though he knows we, we shoot you know way ahead of when things will air, he knows that coming on the show will not promote his appearance that weekend or whatever in town. 
but he makes a point of coming in just because he likes the show and he likes what we do. And, uh, he comes in and the nice thing about it is, you know, people are like, Oh, Gilbert Gottfried, you got to be careful what he says. And while, you know, the camera's not rolling, certainly he's the <laughs> Gilbert we all think of. Right. But he's, he's very careful when we are on air to make sure that, that he doesn't do anything objectionable, which is really nice. He respects what we do. And it's nice to have him here. And of course, Somebody else you may be familiar with who's dropped in a few times is David Dasmalchen. I hear he's done that, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's come in, he's, he's done interviews as himself, he's played characters for us. Uh, he, he's a great friend, and we always enjoy having him in here. And I'm always just so, so proud of him and everything that he's achieving, including his own comic book now. Yes. And uh, having him on the show is always a real treat for us. Is there a specific film or maybe an in-studio guest that's sort of your holy grail at this point? Some a film that you would love to show that you haven't been able to attain the rights to or someone that you would love to have in the studio to play off of that maybe you just have, for whatever reason, haven't made it, that connection yet? Well, yeah. As far as a movie, our white whale, as it were, is uh, Fiend Without a Face. Do you know that movie? I am it's, not it's familiar with that one. You cannot see the menace, and then when it becomes visible, it's these stop-motion brains with, like, uh, spinal columns coming out of them, and they inch along like caterpillars and will actually launch themselves through the air and wrap the spinal column around people's throats. And that would be a great, fun movie for us to do. We keep trying to get it, and hopefully someday we will. And as far as guests, there's one guy that I've been in contact with his email and on Twitter, and we've gone back and forth is Mark Hamill, who's a big fan of the show, yeah. and he just has never had a chance to, to come into Chicago yet, but he's definitely on our list. If he ever is, we'll definitely do something with him. Very good. Well, I'd, I'd like to leave this question purposely vague. I'd like to get your interpretation on it. Uh, but what has been the best thing, and I leave, like, again, leave that vague, about being Svengoolie over these past four decades? Wow, the best thing would be, well, first of all, that I've had a steady job for most of it. <laughs> it's provided me with, uh, with an actual job. But it's also, it, it's given me a chance to, you know, to just do comedy shtick and be creative. And uh, now, especially on, on a national stage, it, it's, it's very cool. I, I never really thought I'd ever be at the point where I'd be seen all over the country. And, you know, to have that going out there and for it to be a success and people to be enjoying it, uh, that's, that's the best thing to me. Over the past 40 years, I know you've done a lot of events, you've done a lot of press. What's the question that you've not yet been asked that you really wish someone would ask you because you've got an answer for it? Oh, let's see. Um, that might be the question right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, fair enough. That, that's hard. Yeah, that, that's hard to say because I feel like I've been asked just about everything, <laughs> right? including when will you stop singing, and thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, do you have a store? And Yes, it's an, you've first seen the commercial. Yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. I can't think of a question that I've got an answer to that I've never been asked. Very good. Uh, well, where can folks find you online, maybe grab their own officially licensed Svengoolie merchandise? Where can folks who are interested in Svengoolie find out more? Well, of course, Svengoolie.com is our website. You can find me there. You can also find more information at MeTV.com. I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. 
There's an official Spanguli page on, on Facebook. And, uh, you know, that's the best way to, to catch up on everything. On our website, I write a blog every week, and we also have a, a tab for appearances that tells where I'm going to be appearing. Uh, and there's the store. As Jim said, I have a store. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that that uh, You can tap on that and find out about things. We've got a very exciting special anniversary uh, piece of merchandise that should be coming out soon if it hasn't already. And it's, it's a multiple uh, item sort of box set that has uh, all sorts of great stuff in it. And I will reveal that if you ever wanted an actual autographed rubber chicken, there will be one included in that box. Wow. I know a lot of your uh, limited edition stuff sells out quick, so we certainly want folks to uh, begin checking now and continue to come back uh, to find out more about that. Guys, I know, again, this is... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and also remind the folks to go out and uh, buy some DC comics because there'll be bits of Sanguli in in a whole bunch of uh, episodes coming up. There's two-page chapters of the the story, the uh, Sanguli meets the DC universe. Uh, coming up through the first couple weeks of November. So Absolutely. that's pretty exciting. That's yeah, fun. if for some reason our listeners are not currently getting DC Comics, that'll be a reason for them to go and pick those up. Uh, guys, I know yeah. this is peak season for horror in general, and for you guys specifically. I know it's, you guys have been running around all over the country at a lot of events. I can't thank you enough. I can't tell you how much it means for, to me for you guys to take the time to talk with us on this big 40th anniversary year. Uh, Svinguli again airs on MeTV Saturday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. Check your local listings to find the MeTV channel in your area. Thank you so much, guys. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your interest. And uh, again, I always like to just say, everybody listening, thank you so much for your support and for helping us be a success all over the country. Thanks again to Rich and Jim for taking the time to talk with us this Halloween. If you haven't already, get yourself a digital TV antenna, find the MeTV channel near you, and spend your Saturday evenings with Sven There's not many better ways to spend your Saturday evenings. Up next, the rest of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast co-hosts and I get together for a game we call Trick or Treat. But before that, a quick, very quick programming announcement. If you've been listening to the show for a while, first of all, thank you. As you know, a few of us have kids and families, and for some reason, a lot of them are having surgeries and medical stuff happening all all at once this fall. Because of that, we are scaling back just a little bit the rest of 2019 in order to get everyone in the extended Pop Goes the Culture podcast family healthy. We're going to bring you new episodes about every two weeks for the rest of 2019, and they're going to break from our usual format just a little bit. We're not going to go entirely dark. Um, because when things are busy and when there's a lot going on at work and at home, getting together with friends to do these shows is kind of our escape, and we're going to keep doing this, even if it means we have to slow down and change things up just a little bit for the next couple months. Longtime listeners also know this podcast. Uh, We do this as well as The Backlot by Alamo Drafthouse. It's a separate podcast just talking about what's going on at the Alamo Drafthouse. If you're subscribed to this show, the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, you get both episodes delivered to your podcast player every week. The backlot is going to go on break as well for the foreseeable future. What we're going to do is we're going to fold the backlot into the Pop Goes the Culture podcast once we're back to our regular weekly schedule in January of 2020. Same host, same information, same fun polls and ways for you to get involved with the show. We're just rolling it all together into one show a week. 
If you're new to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, maybe even if this is your first episode, thanks for giving us a listen. We hope you enjoy this Halloween episode and subscribe and stick around for all the fun stuff to come. Our entire back catalog back catalog of shows are available in your podcast player and at popgoestheculture.com where you can find a bunch of other podcasts all with their own unique takes on entertainment and pop culture it's all part of the big pop goes the culture podcast network family give them a listen as well i'm sure you'll find something uh, that you enjoy listening to all that said and done let's get to it this is this week's final segment we're calling it trick or treat all right, guys, we hope you've enjoyed our Halloween episode of the Pop Goes Culture Podcast. You can breathe now, Kenny. Wait a minute, <laughs> we, I thought this was the Halloween episode. This has been the Halloween episode. We've had a couple of interviews, and we're having a good time. We are going to wrap up this Halloween episode with a game we are calling Trick or Treat. And you, listener, are the one who gets to choose the winner of the game. The way this is going to work is we've got four players. And by players, I mean we partnered up here. So let's start with. Uh, we've didn't got. Tell any of us. No, <laughs> yeah, I told you. All right, so you two are our first team. Introduce yourselves to those at home. Cinnamon. You went so with cinnamon now. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm sticking with cinnamon. It's always been you, cinnamon. It's always you, gonna be cinnamon. You introduced yourself in the last show as cinnamon. As cinnamon. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, yes you did. She did. Yeah. Maybe you did. I'm new Thank and I heard cinnamon. <laughs> do you do the cinnamon challenge? When the you're Stafford at home? household. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we got Dusty and Jess Cinnamon over here as Team One. Dusty Trails. which doesn't mean shit. We're just calling you Team One. Team Two team on one the back wall. Introduce yourselves, Team Two. Dustin, Dakota. Dustin and Dakota are a second double team. D. Team two, team double. They are D. also a couple. Those double D. <laughs> no, not also a couple. <laughs> Again, the popcorn bucket with a hole in it. All right, yeah, we are right. at the Alamo Draft House, though. That's why that joke sticks. Over here, team three. Hopefully, it doesn't stick too much. A little better. Uh, Over here, team three. We've got Curtis, Brad, Curtis, and Brad, and team four is going to be. Cooper and K-Dub. and I'm just going to moderate. So here's how this game is played. Four teams. You're going to take turns doing a draft, and our trick or treat draft is related to Halloween candy. You're going to try to fill your candy bag. You're going to try to get the best bag of candy that you can fill. So when it comes your turn to draft, you can either draft a really good candy. You can take a trick. Or that's a treat, I'm sorry. Or you can trick by giving shitty candy to one of the other teams. You can only give one shitty candy to each team one time. So everybody's going to walk away drafting three of your favorite candies, and everybody is going to give one. So every basket is going to have three tricks. So three treats, three tricks. There's dice on the table here. One person from each team grab a die. We're going to roll for draft order, and it's a draft. So once... Excuse all my beer bottles. There you go. And it's a draft. So as something comes off the board, it's gone. Nobody else can take it. So whatever you take off the board, nobody else gets. So high number goes first. Low number goes last. If there's a tie, we'll roll again. Everybody roll. I see a three, a six. Ooh. What do you have, Dustin? I can't see your five. five. So... Curtis, you and Brad go first. All right. Double D. Dakota and Dustin goes second. We got a You two roll again for who goes third and who goes fourth. And Dusty and Jessica, Dusty and Cinnamon will go third. I'm sorry. Kenny and Cooper will go fourth. I see my dice rolling has rolled over from the Alamo podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, tend to have. I'm always effing last. 
So I'm just going to put one person's name on this sheet, and then I'll true it up later. So with Curtis and Brad, we're going first. And then we had Double D going second. <laughs> we had our Stafford clan going third. And then we had uh, Kenny and Cooper going fourth. Or KK. Oh, wait. K- no, that's <laughs> K- KC. Never mind. KC. <laughs> KC, yeah. And then we will do this serpentine style. So everybody that goes, so Kenny and Cooper – by having the fourth pick, the last pick, you will actually get two picks in a row. Give me just a second to get this filled out. Last is Curtis, I want you guys to be thinking about what you want to do. Again, you can either take a treat for yourselves, try to get the good candy in the bag, or you can trick by throwing shit candy in somebody else's bag with your pick. Everybody, all, all right, of a sudden, everybody's right. like circled around and like, oh shit, what do we got to talk about this? Oh man, this Dude, is going to be everybody. I already know We've my already first. You guys play. already know what you're doing. You're going to have to wait though. <laughs> all right, so are you guys ready? I'm see you guys. I see. I'll still see other conversations, but you guys have the pick. You're on the clock. First pick. Are you tricking or are you treating? Treating. You are treating yeah, yourselves. Treat. What candy are you taking for your treat? Reese's, I guess. Yeah, you want the Reese's? Reese's no, what? Reese's. That was a pretty popular. Reese's pieces, Reese's cups, Reese's cups, cups, Reese's cups. Are you? And if you guys are uh, over talking or whatever, then uh, shh, quiet. <laughs> Don't talk into the mic so loud. Yeah, I was gonna say, move the mics away or turn your mics off as you're holding other conversations on the side. So Reese's really cups is the trick that Team One is taking. That's the treat. That's that is their treat. I'm sorry, not, not trick. a trick. That's a trick. That's their treat. Treat Reese's Cups, Team One. Double D is got on the clock. You have the second pick. You can either treat yourselves with some good candy right. or trick we're somebody. We're going to go ahead and do treat. You're going to treat yourselves. And, we're and what do, treat uh, are you taking? Peanut M and M's. Peanuts. You sons M&Ms. of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, don't talk so loud into the mics. I'm picking it up. Peanut M and M's is their treat for Team Double D, Team Two. So we have two treats off the board, and it, again, it is a draft. So when it comes off the board, somebody takes it. You can't pick it. Dusty and Team Cinnamon. Stafford chooses to put you gonna trick? good and plenties Ooh. in Curtis's bag. Good and plenties. <laughs> is that an actual candy? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, good and plenties. Disgusting. I guess I guess I've been fortunate. To are going <laughs> into? If you've never tasted them, you're. Yeah. They're Crappy Laffy Taffy. Yeah, it's a they are like Mike Man. and I. I think that Crappy are, Laffy Taffy has a better rhythm. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be a good way to describe this. So we have. So now you guys have two in your bag. Team Stafford is without. Kenny and Cooper have both the fourth and fifth picks. There's what's off the board, and you guys can see what we got. We so. might as well do a trick and a treat. Yeah, if you right. want to do trick that, or yeah, treat. you should do yeah. one of both. I think we'll throw Double D some uh, Chico sticks as a trick. <laughs> oh, yeah, nasty. <laughs> Does everybody know what the Chico stick is? I do. I don't know, but your chick won't stick around for them, that's for sure. <laughs> Chico stick is the trick, and that was going to Double D, you say? Yeah. That's right. I See, I disagree with that being a a trick. I like the trick. See, and, and, gross, and that's what it's going to come down to like is the voters things. may they're decide like a, that's a good one. To me, they remind me of a uh, Butterfinger. Like a really yeah, they're like a wafer bar. Yeah, it's, it's, sorry, yeah, it's like I'm a little... Like a bad it's like somebody took a Butterfinger and rolled it into a tube and cut it off and oh. wrapped it in cellophane. And called it good. And, and decided to sell it. Even though that it's shit. trash candy. Kenny and Cooper have another pick. You have the fifth pick overall. This is the first pick of the second round. What are you going to do? You tricked in the first pick. Are you going to treat the second one? Let's treat ourselves. We're going to treat ourselves. No, tweet yourself. I don't know. What are you thinking? 
I'm thinking, uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. What, what about? There's so many candies in the world. I'm talking about women. I'm talking about candy here. <laughs> uh, We're not talking about I don't know. What about the, uh, just uh, red licorice? Huh? You're going you're gonna to treat yourselves with red licorice. It's not good. bad. Yeah. You can hey, use that as a straw, too. I'm a team player. That's what the man Twizzlers was. Twizzlers or red <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, are we doing twi- Twizzlers or red vine? You pick are we one. Twizzlers or are we Oh, red come vine on. Here? No one eats red vines besides your face. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I don't even know you can get red Twizzlers vines. Twizzlers all the way, man. Yeah, so, I get it at the back of the price cutter dusty alley. <laughs> yeah, at the dollar store. All right, we're going to just gonna call it generic red licorice. I'll make a command decision. Goes back to Team Stafford, who has nothing in their bag yet because they tricked one team. You can trick a team that you have not tricked yet, or. All right, we're, we're going to trick Double D. You're going to trick Double D. And it's going to be the peanut butter kisses. You know, like the, the nasty taffy. <laughs> Those are amazing. Oh, You're, no. Uh, yes. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the orange yeah. wrappers and the black wrappers. Yeah. Yeah. Peanut butter kisses oh, are the oh, things oh, that, oh, yeah, oh, there's oh, orange wrappers oh, and there's When you get those in the wrappers. trick-or-treat bags, you know that the egg is going to get happy. You always pitch them in the trash. And that goes to Team Double D, who's got two tricks and one treat in their bag so far. And they are on the clock with the next pick. So, Dustin... Dakota, you guys are picking. Yeah, I think we'll do a uh, trick. You're going to trick? What are you yeah, going to trick? Um, looks like who hasn't been hit yet? Uh, we have nothing they in have our nothing bag. They have nothing in their bag. Shut your mouth. <laughs> right. I don't care. Yeah, we'll, uh, do, we'll do Stafford okay. uh, Circus Peanuts. Ooh, Circus You know, I like them sometimes. My dad I, I agree with Circus Peanuts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's the radiation that makes me happy, but they're really good. I have a theory about <laughs> Circus Peanuts. Circus Peanuts. The, what's what we're seeing today is the original ones that nobody bought, and every so often the store send them back and repackage them and send them back out. They like never get back. Yeah. Yes. yes, there you go. Yes, they are. Oh Lord, they are like rock hard. <laughs> yeah. they're not soft like they used to be. No. They used to melt your mouth. Loves circus because well, like he did back in, yeah he did back in thirty years ago when they were still soft. Nowadays yeah. those same peanuts are hard as a rock. Exactly. All right, Curtis and Brad, you guys have two picks coming up. You can treat yourselves or you can trick someone else. I'm gonna trick. Them, you're gonna trick Stafford. <laughs> the Staffords. We're gonna give them uh, wax lips. Wax lips. <laughs> the kids love the wax yeah, lips. So, ah, yeah, we're so good. yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Oh, now, throw that back at someone. They're having episode, to Google their shit. Wax Look, lips PC. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have the wax lips was tricked to the Staffords. You guys have a second pick in a row. You guys are back there. This is the first pick of the third round. Cups and good and plenties. You can trick another or you can treat yourselves. We're going to treat ourselves with some Butterfingers. Yeah. Treating yourselves with Butterfingers. Yeah, they'll suck too. (laughs) 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 All right. So you guys have a uh, a lot of peanut butter and chocolate in your your treats. Oh, damn. We're trying to go for the good shit. I'm right there with you. I kind of want to get into your little dog. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Double D, you can either trick or treat. What's it going to be? We're going to treat ourselves with uh, shock tarts. Shock tarts is the... I think they're called shockers now, but I just didn't feel Yeah, they're cool. still shock tarts. We know what they are. Shock tarts <laughs> goes to Double D. That is your second treat. You got just as many treats as you have tricks. We goes are, to the Staffords. We're tricks. treating Snickers. Treating Snickers. I'm surprised God, that Snickers so are still around, to be honest. Uh, yeah. this I thought it was going to get took before we actually Kenny, started Kenny, you've known me long enough, obviously. <laughs> Dirty sons of bitches. Take them <laughs> there go the Snickers. Off the board goes to Kenny and Cooper. Thank Trick you. or treat. 
I see like three there. Which one are you telling me? <laughs> you forget how many whiskeys he's had. No. <laughs> Twix. You going with Twix? You're going to treat, treat ourselves to Twix. All right. Treat with the Twix. That will go into your bag. And you have another pick. Again, you can trick or treat. Okay. I have a trick. Okay. A trick. And the trick is going to oh, Hold on. Who's it going to go to? Oh, okay. Let's see. Let's see. You have already tricked. You've tricked the Chico Sticks mm-hmm. to Double D. What about these peanut butter and chocolate fellas right you here? You have... I. <laughs> yeah, you you've not tricked them. So yeah, they don't have a trick in. Oh, they yeah, got they got good in plenty. So it's plus fine. Um, let's see. How about those nasty suckers that are supposed to be like apple caramel? Oh, that's my favorite. Those you're. Yeah, exactly. So the apple caramel, caramel suckers. suckers. Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, they're not the worst thing in the world. No, if you got fillings, they are. <laughs> so, apple caramel yeah, suckers. Feelings or fillings? Yes. <laughs> yes. They answer, oh, yes. They hurt your fucking feelings? Yeah. They hurt your feelings. That's why they're called suckers. Apple. I apparently, I can't. Crying while they're <laughs> That's, not That's not how you spell apple. Yeah, it's well. really not. Yeah, I hit the wrong Apple-y. button twice there. There we go. Alright, so we go back to the Stafford. You can trick or treat. What are you We're treating ourselves with a kid favorite airheads. Oh. Treating yourselves to the airheads. Let me get that in here. Alright. That means double D is up next. Uh, we're doing trick, and we're doing on Kenny and Cooper over here. You go fuck yourself. The, yeah. the chicklets. <laughs> You're going with what again? Chicklets. Chicklets. Nice. It's sure. not that bad, though. Hey, it's not that I can bad. take those chicklets down to Mexico they're, they're and make bad. a killing. Those kids love the chicklets. Chicklets? Chicklets. They love them. Chicklets goes to <laughs> Kenny and Cooper. I've seen a movie about chicklets on a... Uh, can I do it till I need glasses? Nice. You guys chose re- airheads. That's pretty funny. That's a good one. Right. Welcome to the program. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're busy trying to figure out what they're doing next. Curtis and Brad have the next pick. You got two in a row. The All last right. pick of the third round, the first pick of the fourth round. We're going to do a trick. Going to trick? Uh, Who have you not tricked? Kenny here. Tricking Team Kenny here. Tricking Nick. Tricking uh, Team Coop. Filthy I'm- bastard. <laughs> this, this is, is a all- very specific one. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Edible anus milk Belgian chocolate, which I've got an actual listing here on Amazon for. Yeah, they mold somebody's anus. I'm not. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna let us okay. eat it. Hold on. Wait a minute. This has to be handed out regularly. I was gonna say, yeah. Right? This, this needs to be a mass market. Uh, it's on whose house? To say. Say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Amazon home not, delivery. No, no, mass no, no. That's not. No. <laughs> Not a yeah, not specialty uh, chocolate anus. As long as it didn't come okay, from the north side so of this town, get that <laughs> dick shaped fucking lollipop. <laughs> We're still gonna trick them with. Okay, uh, you're gonna trick them anyhow. Smarties. Ooh, uh, tricking with the smarties. Okay with that too. I dig them. Smarties. Yeah, Was that supposed to be an insult? Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, okay. so Smarties for goes here, and you guys have yeah. another pick. You have two spots in your basket. You can treat yourself, or you can trick someone else. Twix. Your Twix is good. We're going with Twix for a treat. Is yeah, that we got not, some carrots already off the board? Yeah, All right, Kit Kat. Oh, Kit Kat, you're treating yourselves That's to the Kit Kat. I always eat the Kit Kats on the Twix. Trash candy. I need a break to throw it in the trash. Kit Kats. I like the smack talking we got here. It's all fucking candy, and you guys are like, oh, that's shit. You guys suck. It's because it is shit candy. Team Double D. Group of Sheila's in here. What are we going to do? 
You guys have uh, two slots in your bag as well. You have two treats, so you can treat yourself, or you can trick somebody else. Uh, we'll trick. Okay, let's see. Who have you uh, not tricked yet? Uh, well, we have. Uh, oh, so we've done. Kane you got to look, and then yeah. Stafford's. Yeah, so, so you've got to trick gotta do, Curtis. Um, because they've had the good and plenties, which came from who? You know yeah, the we'll team double D's. Okay. It's not a candy. So, yeah, so, so you can trick you can trick Curtis, and that'll wrap yep. up his. So we'll trick them. Um, we do the dots, tricking them with the dots. Oh. I love dots. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let me. If they get didn't get hung in your teeth, they would, they would be really good. Or like those uh, black crows, like the licorice ones. Yes. Uh, I hate black licorice. <laughs> All right. So that fills your candy bag, Curtis and Brad. All right. To the Staffords, you guys trick or treat. We're, we're going to trick uh, Casey with... Okay, have you not tricked them yet? <laughs> we nope. Them yet. No, we haven't uh, tricked them. And it's going to be the gummy Krabby Patties. Oh, the oh, I was wondering when it was coming out. Oh, those, those are the nastiest. So <laughs> no. Oh, no, they are not. <laughs> no, they're, no, no, no. They're like, they're like cheap sex. You can <laughs> buy them at Walmart. <laughs> those are so always good. low prices. Still sex. At least you're having it. In a wrapper. <laughs> yeah, Getting blowjob from a guy's like wearing Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> little SpongeBob, little Crocs. Feels real good until you look down and... I really like your Crocs. I don't know what happened to this show. All right. Kenny and Coop, you got your last two picks. You guys have a basket that has two treats and three tricks. You got one treat and one trick. Somebody you've not tricked and a treat for yourself. All right. Let's take your treat first and get that out of the way. What would you do? A treat? Yeah, do your treat first. Let's get that out of the way. I think we agreed that just straight up M&M's. Yeah. Plain old M&M's. That'll Just work. good old-fashioned. Yeah. Yep, that'll yeah, work. We'll always do love M&M's for yourselves. Now, who have you not tricked That's yet? a good question, because they're about to get an yeah, abomination of the century. You've, tri- you've tricked the Chico Sticks, and that went to Team yes. Double D. Okay. We you have these. tricked the tricked. Caramel Apple Suckers, which are there. So you need to trick Let's Dusty and Jessica. All right. Start. You know what? You two lovely couple there, you're going to get the Wax Cola Bottles. Which is full of syrup and oh, chewable I bottles. Yeah, I know. I know you would be because you like circus peanuts. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I knew I, you I were going like to be like. Yeah. <laughs> like she doesn't like circus. She like. She really like the worst oh, candy. Yeah, yeah, she said yeah. that. I love oh. those. Things. Those wax bottles are like a hand job that just doesn't get finished. Yeah. Just right. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <time>. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so uh, Team Stafford, you guys have a treat left to go. We're gonna go Rolo. Rolos. Uh, Fair enough. That will. That's a treat. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, God. What I are you a hundred? Yes. You're a hundred. You got to gum those things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're good. Jesus All right. Christ. So then we go to Team Double D. You have two treats. You got to treat yourself with your last pick. And then we all decide a trick for you. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do. Uh, what are we called? Nerds. Nerds. That's a good pick. That is a good like pick. That. Those are fun uh, if you have a nerd's rope either, just like actual. Yeah, yeah, no, the ropes are nasty. Yeah. <laughs> we do sell those at Vintage Chalk, though. I'll bet you do. Should have just tricked somebody with any of them. Actually, they sell pretty well. Really? Good. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with people? All right. I have no idea. <laughs> so we go with the nerds as your treat. And then the last pick, Curtis and Brad, you have to trick Double D. Stick on the nerd's rope. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we be allowed to ask the, the remaining room? Can We've you want now? two options here? Yeah, you can. You can ask the room uh, which you should go with. Which is worse, you. candy corn or Swedish fish? Candy corn. Swedish Swedish fish. Candy corn. Candy corn's worse than Swedish. All right, hold on. Yeah. So hands up, Swedish fish. 
Swedish fish. The kids One, love two, Swedish candy fish. corn, hands up. Sounds like candy yeah. corn's the shit. You're voting <laughs> candy corn for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to do the Candy one. corn it is. Dude, give him candy necklace. He's yeah, like, I'd rather have the way. candy corn. It's horrible. Than the yeah, I mean, really I like shitty, candy so. necklace. I just, yeah. <laughs> you, so okay. you know, everybody that has both in the house, like the candy corn will be gone, but that Swedish fish, man, they milk that shit for like three months. Yeah. Nobody just <laughs> Not in our house. house. Really? really? I like oh. dots. Thank you for whoever Thank gave that. I like the crab. I like dots. All right, so here's what we're going to break it down. And they're my trick. All right. Dots are horrible. That's oh, another right. hand job, unfamiliar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here is what so folks are voting. All right, listeners, we need your help deciding who has the best candy basket. Here are the baskets by team. Number three. Curtis and Brad, their candy basket includes Reese's Cups, Good and Plenty's, Butterfingers, Caramel Apple Suckers, Kit Kats, and Dots. Basket two, Double D, Dakota and Dustin have Peanut M&M's. Chico Sticks, Peanut Butter Kisses, Shock Tarts, Nerds, and Candy Corn. Team number three, the Staffords, your basket includes Circus Penises. Wait, no, <laughs> yeah! I took that wrong. Whoa. All, we, all the lady listeners. Pennywise needs to Circus Peanuts. Sorry, I wrote that wrong. Circus Peanuts. <laughs> Wax is spell checked. I don't know. It auto corrected to that. It kind of works. Wax lips. Circus penis. Wax lips. Snickers. Uh-huh, yeah. Airheads. Wax cola bottles. You guys got a lot of wax. And Rolos. <laughs> it's like gum. And Kenny and Coop. They have red licorice. That's generic. Right. Twix. We'll Chicklets. Smarties. Krabby Patties. And regular old milk chocolate M and M's. <laughs> That's know, what we I, need. I'm thinking basket. that number one. Who's got? Who do you guys think has the best basket so far? Me. Probably, well, probably Kenny. the top left. Uh, top, which basket would be Curtis. They have too many. Yeah. Have, you have a lot of good stuff in you there. Do. You do. A lot I'm of hits. See, we got the, the bad B list. Isn't that bad in one. Yeah, and their two, bad stuff. Our good stuff's great, but our bad stuff's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and that's you know, it's half and half. You got three tricks. You got three treats. I mean, you treated yourself to nerds. I mean, exactly. I mean, what do you do? Like, it's like the top <laughs> ones of the Reese's Butterfinger and Kit Kats. I mean, yeah. those are like the top, you know, part of the top ten or whatever. And I mean, top even five. like the dots in the apple caramel suckers aren't. No. Yeah, the apple caramel. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a trick. Dots aren't really a trick because I I like I dots. I like dots too. We thought of yeah, it just it's because all of like sticking to your teeth. Yeah. See, I mean, it's we have Rolos, stick. but we did do milk duds. I mean, that's yeah, that's I like definitely milk duds. Yeah, well, let's talk about what got left out. What what treats got left out? Whoppers got left out. Whoppers milk duds. Yeah, the the edible anus Belgian chocolate. They got left out. Their treats. They got left out. Whoppers. That wasn't a trick nor a treat. <laughs> it was just delight. Whoppers. Whoppers, they got left yeah, out. Whoppers got left out. What Whoppers. tricks got left out? Anybody have any tricks? Just I black licorice. Black licorice got left out. Fish. Candy cigarettes. Candy cigarettes. No, got no, left no. Out. no. I still oh, think I love candy cigarettes. And we've had this debate before. Those uh, litter and litter. Are they called Atkinson's peanut yeah. butter bars? The those ones that are, are ama- they're white with the brown stripes. Oh yeah. Yes. Those are those are disgusting. Stupid. Suckers with like the parrot on the wrapper. Yes. You know those. Those are and the needle sabotaged candy. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the razor, razor blades. blades. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all got left off. Well, folks, Tootsie we need your help like deciding who's got the best candy basket this Halloween. You can vote right now on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for at PGTC, stands for Pop Goes the Culture, at PGTC Podcast. The quiz is pinned. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of the page. You can't miss it. The poll ends at noon Central Time on Friday, November 8th. Figure out where, what time that is for you, wherever the hell you are. Um, 
wherever in the world you happen to be. Guys, make sure you do it and vote for Kenny. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, vote for Kenny. It should be called KC because we are a team. Well, so. I'll, I'll, I just, I'm shorthanding because I'm trying to keep up with shows yeah, as we go. Fine. I will clean this up before Gosh, I put the poll out. Well, just make sure you vote Shorthanding. KC would be shorter than Kenny, though. KC or Kenny. Just, I mean, whatever it says, we'll just vote for it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. KC and the Sunshines. There you the go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Gang, we have had a good time this Halloween. We hope you all have as well. We appreciate everybody listening in. Let us know what you think of the show. We will be taking a short hiatus. We'll be back at the first of the year with all new episodes. Be sure to subscribe on your podcast player choice and give us a listen. For Pop Goes Culture Podcast, I have been Joey Mills. Kato. Cooper. Brad. Curtis. Dakota. Dustin. Cinnamon. Dusty Trails. We hope you have a happy and safe Halloween. We will catch you after the first of the year. We'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya. See ya. Peace out. This show has been brought to you by the Pop Goes the Culture Podcast Network. Find links to all of our podcasts and more at popgoestheculture.com.